You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come onto stage, comment in our back chat, you can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is Tuesday, May 30th, 8.01. I am chatting with Poap right now and uh, trying to get, I just said my coffee, my coffee has started and uh, I have a Poap for today. And obviously my uh, Alpha talk on Wednesday, um, so need um, to figure things out. Happy uh, to jump on a call and clarify. So but basically what is happening, <clears throat> um, and in fact I'm going to say in fact um, I'll be discussing uh, you today in my coffee um so here's here's first of all hope you had a wonderful memorial day um mine was not so wonderful um actually spent it uh partly my wife and i in the er my son not feeling great <clears throat> and we're trying to get to the bottom of what is ailing him at the moment so uh there was no barbecue there was no swimming there was no uh, entertaining. Um, there was really not much yesterday at all. It was a bit of a write-off. These things happen. Um, and so I will... Uh, I'm moving on, moving on. And um, <clears throat> now just, I guess, treating Tuesday like a Monday for the most part. And, and I almost feel like it is manifesting Monday. Time to think about the week ahead, try to... Um, envision what needs to happen today. Um, I guess, I guess, just to be considered uh, success. So for me, well, we have the next uh, Alpha Talk, <clears throat> which is happening tomorrow, and I feel a little bit behind the eight ball on this because of the holiday weekend. But also, what you know, what I've realised is a really need to reach out for Wednesdays, the Wednesday before. Like it's all got to be in the system one week before. Um, so I'm going to be kind of doing that today and tomorrow. So that's a, that's a biggie. 
Uh, what else? I'm giving blood uh, tomorrow, um, which is very important. I love to do that. Um, looks like I have, um, what else is going on today, uh, this weekend? Uh, it's the first day of LGBTQIA+, LGBTQIA+, or LG, I guess it's LGBTQ+, or LGBTQIA+, Pride Month, starting on June 1st. Um, there's a bit of a mess going on right now, uh, in the world, and, um, I don't even know what to say. I mean, to be honest with you, sometimes I just like sometimes I just get depressed. I just get depressed about the state of the world. And and I just I don't know, I just I just feel sometimes that we are just so lost and getting loster <laughs> and getting more lost and it doesn't it doesn't seem like uh like common sense is prevailing. I'm just being honest. Like, I just, I just wonder. I wonder where we're heading, and I wonder um, how. Like, at what point do things turn? At what point do things um, solidify? Or, 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 do we keep like just flip flopping? Do we keep on, you know, kind of going backwards and forwards based on whether the left or the right is kind of calling the shots? You know, at the end of the day, certainly, you know, the United States and America, as Borat would call it, has a massive identity crisis. A massive identity crisis. Like, who are we? Are we conservative or are we liberal? Are we gun-loving or, or, you know, or, or, or gun-respecting? Are we God-fearing or are we, athe- or are we kind of atheist or secular? Like, well, who are we? By the way, totally possible to be a to be an end and to be a both uh, but there has to be a place there has to be some kind of a reconciliation or some kind of a a happy medium where um you've all seen that amazing logo right the one that says coexist right coexist 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 logo i mean i wonder i want to see um, that's interesting. Wow. That's super interesting for me. Uh, the Coexist logo was created. You want to take a guess when it was created? Um, I'm just putting it into the into the back chat. Coexist was created by Polish Warsaw-based graphic designer Piotr, Piotr, which is like Peter, I guess. Piotr, uh, there's no way I can pronounce that, but it sounds like... Uh, uh, Mlodenziak uh, in 2000 in 2000 as an entry in an international art competition sponsored by the Museum on the Seam for Dialogue, Understanding and Coexistence. Um, so coexist is wow, 23 years young, 23 years old. And that really, for the most part, um, is is kind of the goal here? Like, why? You know, what what's what's that great line? Why can't we just all get along? Where's that from? Why can't we all just get along? Uh, is a part memoir, part polemic about the state of public discourse in Britain and the world today. I don't think that that's the actual. I mean, there's a song by Jacob Whitesides. There's a book by uh, uh, Ian Dale. Um, but I feel like there was, um, uh, I feel like there was like kind of um, a movie. It says, it's interesting, uh, on May 1st, 1992, Rodney King said, um, people I just want to say, can't we all just get along? Uh, there are so many, um, but I, I'm thinking of a movie um, that, that it was a famous movie or famous quote. Um, <laughs> um, I'm getting Mars attacks. Uh, in the 1996 movie Mars Attacks, Jack Nicholson asked the question, which was made famous by Rodney King. Oh, so that's actually where it comes from. Why can't we all just get along? Um, the complete transcript is available here. Wow. Okay. So, very interesting. We've got Rodney King. We've got Mars Attacks. Hello, Tim. Hello, Christopher. Um, I am, you know, I'm on a, uh, I don't know what, what thread I'm on right now. Uh, but really, I was just kind of talking about um, 
uh, I don't even know how I got into the subject of coexist about this idea of, uh, I think I was talking about it, that America has a bit of an identity crisis. Like we can't decide uh, if we are conservative or liberal, if we are God-fearing or kind of God-ignoring, et cetera, et cetera. And so I kind of uh, spoke about the end. Like why can't we all just get along uh, that prompted me to bring up the Coexist logo, which was actually created in 2000. Um, and somehow I got into the subject of why can't we all just get along the quote, um, which um, I was quoting a movie, but actually the original attribution is to Rodney King. So I learned, I've already learned a ton in the first 10 minutes, this idea of coexisting and figuring out a happy medium so that we don't just keep going backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. I guess all this came from the fact that um, I was looking at my calendar. I was saying that, you know, today feels like a Monday. Um, and June 1st is uh, LG, LGBTQIA month, uh, Gay Pride Month, as it used to be called. And, uh, and, and there's just a bit of a mess going on at the moment. Um, Target... Uh, removed all of their or, or altered or did something regarding their um, their gay pride merchandise. So I'm going to put that into the cafe chat like so. And then I also, um, so this article says, Fairweather Allies, advocates call Target's removal of pride merchandise a betrayal. Now I'm just trying to find the article, but apparently Target, uh, Target stock just hit an all-time low, or at least uh, I'm trying to find the article because like this weekend it definitely crossed my path. And and I guess the question we have to ask ourselves is: Is that because they removed their merchandise, or because there is this like backlash now? This this I guess can we call it a homophobic uh, backlash? Um, I'm not really sure. Um, but this is the world we're living in right now, where you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. I think the, I think the great irony here, and it it's a pretty massive irony, is that we are always encouraging, challenging, um, you know, taking brands to task based on their inability to pick a side, to have a point of view, to have some kind of a um, uh, you know, to stand for something, to know exactly who they are, their backbone, their spine, their integrity, their purpose, their why. Um, and when they do take one, um, we kind of like vilify them or recognize that it is, let's just be honest, a, a lose-lose situation. You take a side uh, and you are going to get lauded by the one, lambasted by the other, um, and, oh, and guess what? Um, if you then flip-flop or change or make any changes, you're going to alienate the, the, the other side as well. I mean, that's what happened with Bud Light. And now kind of, you know, Target being taken to Target stock price, essentially uh, hitting an, a kind of an all-time low, certainly one, and, and that, you know, being traced back to um, let's see, let's see, let's find, uh, let's find uh, a more current article uh, to talk about this. Um, and you know, is it coincidental? Is it not coincidental? Um, Etc. So, target stock, uh, gay merchandise. I, I want to find that article for you and share it. Um, so, here is an article from the Daily Mail. This is probably the one that I was. It says Target loses $10 billion in market cap in 10 days and stock falls to its lowest trading value in a year in the wake of its pride tuck-friendly swimwear line as Ted Cruz slams chain for not understanding or respecting customers. Uh, I actually kind of like some of this. I like, I like this. Uh, I would 1,000% I would uh, wear this shirt. I'm going to post the shirt. I like anything with rainbows, just in general. Yeah. Um, so you take a position, and that position, I mean, I, here, here's the question. The question is, when a company stands for something or takes a position, should that, be, should that position be vanilla? Should it be benign? Should you stay away from 
politics, from controversial issues, uh, from anything that is divisive. You know, I mean, I, I have answers. I have I have points, right? One original, one not. I mean, one is one that we've heard before. One maybe is a new one. So the fir- the first one is this idea that says, you know, it's the authenticity thing. It's like you can't just be flavor of the month. You can't just decide and look at your content calendar and say, well, you know, in January we're going to support you. In February we're going to, you know, you, it's, it's almost like you're uh, like placating or, you know, you're dedicating, oh, June, let, let's, you know, let's, uh, let's celebrate gay pride in yeah, listen, as I say that, I'm thinking, well, why can't you? You know, why can't you, um, you know, celebrate individual heritages every month? Why can't you celebrate Black History Month? Why can't you celebrate Gay Pride Month? Why can't you celebrate International Women's Day? Why, why you know, uh, and you should be able to. But then again, like I keep on like talking myself out of it because you can talk about the commercialization of of America, right? Grandparents Day, Valentine's Day, you know, uh, Helper's Day. Like, there's a day for everything. When when I was doing my show, I used to talk about the fact that, you know, it was National Pizza Day and it was National This Day and it was National That Day. Are these just excuses to sell more stuff? Well, if it is, it isn't authentic. But if it's core to your company and what you stand for and who you are, then absolutely um, you're going to take a position. You're going to take... You know, you're going to take a, a point of view and and be damned and to hell with the world uh, if they don't capitulate. But I guess my other point is this is the built to suck, you know, uh, challenge, right? This is this is why um, mass marketing, mass media, mass merchandising, why why being uh, a big brand is a doomed value proposition because the world is not one big giant melting pot. I mean, the last hope or the last bastion was Facebook. I say was Facebook, right, in terms of being able to say, hey, you know, want to reach, you know, three billion people at once? Just join Facebook. It doesn't work like that way. I mean, when we look at television, when we look at fragment, the fragmentation and proliferation, the fragmentation and proliferation of the world is is not just television channels. It's across the board right now. We we are basically the Tower of Babel. We are the Tower of Babel. We have all been split up and dissected and 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 you know whether it's self-inflicted or not and we've become tribalist and we've become, you know, isolationist and nationalist and 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 we're all split in terms of unifying, um, and, and I've said this before, we had a test, humanity had a test, and that was COVID, and we failed it. You know, this was, I said this, this is a Jaffe quote, the last time, the last time something like this happened to the entire world at the same time, do you know when it was? It was the flood the great flood of minus 6,000 or whatever the hell. This was Noah's flood. It was the last time something actually happened to the entire world at the same time. Think about it. World War II, I mean, was not that. In some countries, there, there was no war. In some countries... You know, you were you were on the one side, on some on the other side. But for something to happen and literally affect the entire world the same way at the same time, the last time was the flood. So we've had a we've had a, a long time to prep and plan, and we failed. We did not come together. We did not pull together. You know, I was listening to uh, Conan O'Brien. Uh, his podcast is on Sirius. And uh, I guess he was talking to, who was he talking to? Um, I don't know. It was, who was the guest on the show? Um, but they were like kind of talking about Fauci. And they were like basically like kind of like, you know, in their humoristic way, oh, it was Jim Gaffigan. And they were basically just talking about how, you know, the master plan of the 80-year-old, like this was his master plan that he wrote a man, you know, just joking about it, like <clears throat> 
He wrote a manifesto at 19 saying one day when he turned 80, he would unleash this whole plot to take down the world. Just how pathetic, how ridiculous the argument was about this whole idea, you know, of of Fauci being this nefarious puppeteer, um, you know, kind of trying to like control the world, um, et cetera, et cetera. And the way that they just said it made so much sense because it doesn't make sense, the counter argument. So we failed. We failed to coexist. We failed to come together. We failed to pull together. We failed in this great test to demonstrate what happens when we all just figure out how to work together as a team. So there we are. We have proliferated and fragmented. And the only way for us to survive is to quote Rodney King and later Jack Nicholson in Mars Attacks, why can't we just all get along? That's the goal here. That's the goal. The goal is to figure out how to coexist. So now you've got this article that basically is showing that uh, that Target has the stock. I mean, everyone celebrates. And, you know, Bud Light, we're all celebrating these brands losing so much money because of taking a position. And in this particular case, um, supporting a lifestyle, um, I say lifestyle, that's probably the wrong way to describe it, um, but supporting um, people that are different to the mainstream, people that are different um, to what was you know, commanded or what was written down biblically. People who live a life or people who, who have chosen to love someone other than what would be considered to be the traditional partner. And for some reason, even though it doesn't affect and impact other people's lives, other people feel a need or a desire to have to have a point of view and control it. And all I'm saying is, you know, instead of making a value judgment and preaching, and I'm not meaning to, is, you know, when these companies have got a lot, these companies have got a lot more problems to worry about at the moment with respect to this economy, with respect to, you know, how many people have ultimately lost their jobs and will continue to lose their jobs. This is not good for the economy, for all these companies to be, you know, tanking, for us to sabotage companies. Listen, I'm not a fan of the big corporation. I mean, I wrote a book called Built to Suck, but I got to say, all of this stuff sucks. You know, this this idea of, of, of because, I mean, what it really is at the end of the day is it's just it's just opportunism it's political opportunism that's all it is it's political opportunism to find an issue and then suddenly hang your hat on that issue and that issue will propel you as a politician or a party to an elevated status but anyway um enough of the preaching um i just thought it was kind of interesting you know, the fact that we're now kind of looking at the second company <clears throat> facing this massive uh, backlash. And I, and I think what we, you know, it's the same thing. What we don't realize is that, um, you know, there's this concept of the greater good. And it's something that I've been reading up on lately. The greater good. The greater good is something that everyone can buy into. If you keep laddering up, eventually you can get to a position where everyone is in agreement. And maybe that's the answer. Maybe the answer is, is until you get um, unison, until you get 100% agreement, you keep laddering up, 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 or as I would call it sometimes, zooming out. And, then you, and once, you, once you've all determined what the greater good is, how to identify it, how to describe it, how to measure it, then the question comes down to, are you prepared to make a sacrifice? Are you prepared to do what's best for the greater good of your family, your community, your company, you know, your party, your country, the world? The greater good is, is a tough, is tough. Because it can and often does result in um, collateral damage, so to speak. 
if um, you know politicians are the biggest culprit, they claim that they're doing everything for their constituents, but it's really just a power grab on both sides. The greater good, what is the greater good from a political standpoint? I mean, surely it's unity. Surely it's a, a strong you know, country, militarily, um, socially, um, ethically. Um, if we can define what that, greater, what that greater good is, then why would we not all fight for it? Why would we not all strive for it? If we can determine, I mean, that's why the why is important. That's why purpose is so important. That's why core values and core focus is so important. Because if everybody, if everybody wants the same thing, if everybody desires the same thing, if everybody prioritizes the same thing, if everybody buys in and, and helps execute against that same, um, whether it's a BHAG or whether it's something else, then, then you should be prepared by definition to do what's best for the greater good of the dot, dot, dot. So what does that mean? Well, what it means is being able to, if you're a politician, disappoint your so-called constituents. You know, the day that, that a politician gets into power, they should now be able to say, I'm now committing to the greater good of my mission, of my mandate. And that is not constituents anymore. Or if it is, they voted already. They don't need to vote again. This idea of call your, you know, call your congressman. Unless it's complete unless it is a complete, you know, comprehensive representative vote. It's just your active minority that are putting pressure on the silent majority. And I recognize that, you know, that may sound great unless it's against you. You know, I recognize that if, uh, you know, there is a mass shooting and everyone's calling their senators or their congressmen and basically saying to them, this is absolute bullshit and we need to change it. Like, I'm basically advocating and saying, well, you know, if it's a disproportionate percentage of the people that want assault weapons banned, yeah, I am saying the same thing. I'm saying, okay, so you've got a an active percentage of your constituents um, declaring their dissatisfaction, but is that representative of the entire constituency? And so that's why my recommendation in this particular case is once you voted, you voted. And your opinion now, you can voice your opinion, but, but it can no longer be an excuse for that elected official to cower to the so-called you know, constituents. Now you are working for the greater good. In a company setting, the greater good has to be, you know, your 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 purpose, your why, your BHAG, your your mission, um, and and things like profitability and margins and revenue and and other key measurements or measurables. So what does it mean? Well, it means that if you're on the leadership committee, if you're on the if you're in a position of leadership and you are no longer able to fill that role, fulfill the role for the greater good of the company, you should step down. You should move on. You should rotate. You should find someone else. That's the greater good philosophy in action. Now, how many people do that? How many people are prepared to relinquish their control and relinquish their power? But I'm telling you, this is like one of the most powerful, powerful ideas. The greater good. And it is, you know, positively, you know, biblical. I died so that you may live. It's not even my religion. But it's a concept that I think if we were to adopt, we would all move a little. And it doesn't have to imply and entail, you know, the ultimate sacrifice. But I think if decision-making were based on the greater good, on what's best for 
the business, best for the brand, best for the country, best for the world, we might actually have a chance of being a little bit more competitive, a little bit more salient, a little bit more compelling, a little bit more profitable, extend our lives personally and professionally just a little bit more. That's, that's, my, that's my thought today. I didn't even think I was going to talk about the, literally this whole crazy tangent. It's not really that crazy, but came from uh, me looking at my calendar and realizing that uh, June 1st is the start of Gay Pride Month and realizing how messed up um, everything is at the moment. So what can we do about it? I think in many respects, um, we can start to fight for the greater good. We can start to actually do what we believe is right and make the right decisions and maybe build the greater good into our rubrics, into our valuation rubrics. Is this best for the community? Is this best for my family? Even if it comes at a, at a price. Uh, Bez says the influenza Spanish flu was a worldwide pandemic before COVID. Was it though? I mean, what, what, did, it, did it literally affect the entire world at the same time as we know it? Or did it affect some countries and regions and and you know even so what i will say is it didn't i don't know that it affected or impacted the way that covid did in the sense of with now information the internet television where we were able to kind of recognize that whole you know be in that same boat together uh excuse the pun because it's talking about noah um bez says the greater Good has different meanings for all the categories you mentioned. Well, uh, hopefully you will join me on stage before the hour is up and explain uh, what you mean by that. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it does. It seems like uh, I'm always coming up with new uh, with new book names. The Greater Good. That's another book. I I have literally come up with so many book names, um, generally for my guests on the show. But the Greater Good. That seems like a great book. I was actually pitched for a guest to come on my show, and I said, sure, let him come on. He's, uh, I think one of the things he talks about is um, how to write an entire book um, from um, with AI. Uh, let me change the subject a little bit. Maybe we can come back to the greater good. Um, but... Um, so I'm having a bit of, uh, oh yeah, so what I wanted to talk about, so weird. Uh, so I'm having some difficulty with poap.xyz uh, with a company because, you know, they've moved to this commercial um, pricing and um, they're unbelievably brilliant on customer service via chat. Um, but, but they don't really, I, I don't know if they're based in the US, but they don't really, it's, 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 just, it's a little bit asynchronous. And so they've got this new commercial pricing plan um, and and I have a bunch of questions which I can't seem to get straight answers for. So they're now moving to this idea of $25 for 100 POAPs. But what I don't know is, for, for example, today, right, I could, um, and I did, I set up a POAP. It hasn't been approved yet, so I don't know that we'll have one today. Um, hopefully it will come through in time. Um, but I could, let's say, set up, I'm going to make it up, I could set up 50 um, uh, 50 poaps for today, or at least the ability to mint 50 poaps. But if only four people mint those poaps, do I then pay for four or do I pay for 50? I still don't know the answer to that. Um, logic would say it would be four. Um, and so, you know, all things being equal, that would be, you know, if it's $25 for 100, $2.50 for 10. So that would be like, I don't know, let's call it a buck. So I would be paying a dollar for four people or five people to mint that POAP today. Um, so what I don't know, first of all, is if I buy 100, um, you know, can I, how do I use them? So if I, you know, allocate 100 today, but only four mint, 
then do I have 96 left and, and that's my bank? That would seem logical. But the other thing that I've been trying to explain to them is that I'm not sure why they're, they're referring to, for example, the Collective Cafe as commercial. I'm not making money from it. It's part of a business venture, but isn't everything part of a business venture? I mean, you know, like every time we, we as a creator, an author, a, a podcaster, I mean, every time that we issue a POAP now, um, how can it not have a commercial aspect to it? Um, I think that they're, they're like, whilst I applaud their, uh, you know, wanting to monetize, um, what I've been trying to explain to them is there should either be a number threshold. So, for example, let's say 50 or 100. After 100 are actually minted, that would be now considered to be commercial. Um, you know, I don't think that they're – I think they're missing out on a massive, massive uh, insight here, which is to recognize and reward the influencers, uh, the creators, the small business owners, uh, the sole proprietors – um, the people that are actually, you know, evangelizing poets in general, no one more than me. And so to start to charge, um, which I think is great, they should be charging for businesses or and or scale. So, for example, if I'm, you know, if I'm Gary V and I'm, um, well, I mean, Gary V is a, is a real business, so maybe that's a bad example. I guess if I'm Tim Ferriss, um, you know, and I say Gary V because he's got, you know, I was thinking of VCon, right? I was thinking if he wanted to give away, you know, a POAP that you were at VCon and, and I don't know how many people were there. Let's say there were 5,000 people there. I mean, that's commercial. Let's be clear. I mean, it's attached also to a ticket. It's attached to monetization. By definition, commercial equals or commercialization equals some kind of money, changing hands so why should i be paid why it 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 doesn't really make sense to pay poap.xyz for something that at the moment at the moment is not monetized or or may never be monetized at least the collective cafe is free um, and always will be which is the goal so anyway being kind of challenged going backwards and forwards with them trying to help them understand that what's best for them and the category is to get more and more creators, content creators, influencers, evangelists, thought leaders to be using them, um, not curtailing them or inhibiting them or limiting them uh, or charging them, especially when the, the product itself is still, you know, either in beta or experimentation form. Even, you know, the alpha beta talks, um, is that commercial uh, well, certainly the alpha beta talks being free are, are not commercial. You know, is there a call to action, which is hopefully that people will buy passes? Yes, but until that happens or until there's a certain amount of scale, um, I do feel that that is a massive missed opportunity. And the problem, of course, um, is that there are competitors out there. And so it it could be just as easy for me to just pick up and leave and move on to a competitor. But worse still is just to abandon the POAP. And I've always, you know, spoken about one of the strategies that made so much sense back in the day. Um, And I worked, you know, I did, uh, I was a buyer first at the agency and then I did some consulting with them was with Microsoft's MSN product. Their, you know, their AOL and Yahoo equivalent. Um, and their strategy was very simple, which was why online, why MSN? You go in and you sell, uh, and you sell online first, and then you sell MSN. We are selling Web three, and then why you should maybe go with um, Alpha Collective, or why you should buy a Lazy Lion, or a Cool Cat, or a, whatever the case may be. You got to sell the category first. And then when people buy into the category, then you can kind of go one level below and talk about the different players and and differentiation and and value props and uh and decide who you want to kind of, you know, uh invest in or buy from or align with um etc. And that 
should be the case with Web3. Uh, Tim says, the rush to monetization before user adoption is a death signal. Web3 will be littered with technologies where revenue, uh, where revenue needs to come before adoption. Uh, or did you mean Web3 will be littered with technologies where revenue needs? No, I think you meant where. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, I wonder if there's any, um, uh, Tim, you normally come up with such great um, data points. Um, but, but I wonder if the, you have some backup to this idea. Probably, uh, you know, probably a good place to go to would be, uh, would be our friends at, uh, at Gibbet. Um, let's see if, if Gibbet um, uh, provide some backup slash use cases uh, to uh, support this argument. The rush to monetization before user adoption is a death signal. Let's see what Gibbet says about that. This argument essentially suggests that a premature focus on revenue generation without first... uh, Yeah, we get it. Ah, number one, Quibi. The streaming platform Quibi is a prominent example of this argument. Launched in April 2020, Quibi sought to revolutionize the streaming industry by offering quick bites of content designed to be watched on mobile devices. Despite raising nearly $2 billion in capital and charging subscription fees from the get-go, Quibi was, ab- was not able to secure a substantial user base and ultimately shut down just six months after its launch. The rush to monetize without sufficient user adoption resulted in a lack of perceived value for potential customers, and the platform was unable to sustain itself. Number two was Color. Color was a social media app. I don't even remember it. I kind of remember it. Um, it was launched in 2011 with 41 million in funding, despite its pr- a promising premise of allowing users to share photos with others within a 150 foot radius. The app failed to take off. Uh, the third example, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm just going to kind of give you the high level. Third example is Google Glass, uh, and the fourth is Friendster. Um, all these examples serve as cautionary tales for business. They emphasize the importance of focusing on building a solid, engaged user base before shifting the focus to monetization, providing real value. So I love this. Um, do you have any B2B examples? Let's see. Certainly. Well, you're so helpful, Gibbet. Uh, SAP R3 software. Interesting. Okay, um, I'm I'm reading it now. Um, I like gibbet, right? Because gibbet sounds like a giblet. It sounds like a gibbet that that was on Crocs. It also sounds like a ribbit, um, and uh, and which which makes me think of Pepe the Frog. So from now on, I'm calling Chat GPT gibbet. Uh, it's actually gibbet, but I'm going to call it gibbet. Um, so my example so far: SAP R3 software, HP Touchpad. Um, and Mo- Microsoft's early mobile endeavors. I'm not getting so much out of that that I wanted to, uh, but I do like the examples. Uh, Tim, are you satisfied uh, with those examples um, in terms of this idea of the rush to monetization before user adoption as a death signal? I think those are pretty good ones. In fact, uh, I could probably send that to uh, our friends at uh, poep.xyz. I've actually been emailing the, their CEO, um, Isabel. So I'll do that again. And, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to fix it. I know they're discussing it at the moment. Um, Damon Santola, using influencers is ideal for simple contagions, uh, simple ideas. But when you need people to change, beliefs and behavior change spreads in a different way. And though and through different channels. Any change that involves real risk, financial, psychological, reputational, requires more than simply coming into contact with a simple random adopter. That is when you need to go to weak ties. Uh, You have to... um, uh, My goodness. This is one of those things, if you're listening online, where you really, really want to be here in person. So I was thinking weak ties. I know a tie salesman... So, so there's a whole concept of, uh, oh my goodness, you are so super smart. You add so much value. So I guess um, I'm reading some of the stuff about weak ties. Um, so weak ties are basically, uh, if I understand correctly, and who's Damon Kintola? 
You need to come up on stage. This is why I need you. Oh, there, he raised your hand. Uh, Tim, I am giving you the role of barrister. Hold on. Well, I can't hear you, though. Can you hear me? You cannot hear me. No, 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 I can. I've just given you the role of barrister. I think you've been coming here enough. Uh, that means that means that you are now able to join the stage at any point in time. Ooh, all right. I'll make sure to abuse that. Yeah, you can try, and then I'll take it away. How did it switch? So I can hear you. I think it, you can hear me okay. I think it, it just switched computer instead of um, you, so- instead of. You you know what happens sometimes is if you are if you if you're on your um your desktop uh, or your laptop I should say does anyone have a desktop anymore and then you switch to your phone if you actually click on the collective cafe it will switch to your phone so if you want to go back to your phone just open up your phone and click on the collective cafe and it will switch back see if that works for you so just whichever thing I happen to be touching it on it switches over it tries to follow me. If you if you click on the collective cafe, sometimes what I'll do is like you. This is on my laptop right now, but sometimes what I'll do is is I'll open up my mobile phone if I want to like post something from my phone. But if I click on collective cafe, it will switch over to my phone. I also I also by the way forgot because of the long weekend. I forgot that I was going to start uh, simulcasting this on on uh, on Clubhouse or Twitter Spaces. So I completely forgot that. Um, so I'm going to have to start that again tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, you're bringing in such an amazing concept and I would love you to just to talk a little bit. Who is Damon Kentola? Um, uh, talk about weak ties. Um, why did you even mention this in the sense of like what we were discussing? Um, it's just very interesting. Yeah, so sorry about that. You know, uh, part of the struggle that I have with the Alpha <laughs> Collective is that as we're talking, I'm like, oh, I remember this concept and I got to go find the book or I'm researching the extra topic. It gives me a lot of research homework every day on these sessions. Um, Wait, are you, are you telling me that you learn from every session? Are you telling me um, that these sessions are valuable? They spark curiosity. Good. That's the goal. 80% I learn and 20% there's a nugget that I need to go figure out what was going on there. That's a good 80-20 rule. Yeah. So, uh, you know, thinking about you know, the, the POAP XYZ, you know, one, the only place I've interacted with POAPs is the Alpha Cafe, uh, the Collective Cafe. And, and as I would expect, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it there before I get it anywhere else in the world. Um, but it's really early on. I, I can see the concept. I can see the value for it. I can see the fun with us, you know, sometime getting to, you know, chef's table for breakfast or something like that. Um, but none of those things have happened yet, right? So it's something that we do every day. I build up the little, you know, the poets in the app. But when I have been out at different conferences and discussed it with people, there's a lot of hesitation around, oh, I don't need this. This is another, you know, this is another thing. I have my badge from the conference. Um, so it, it's it's hard to advocate for it um, because it is so new and su- such a, a, a new concept in Web3, talking to those that are not in Web3, right? And so for, and it's going to just take some time to get users to adopt the to adopt the concept of POAP. And while that is happening, if the company itself can't sustain, can't wait for that period of time and they need to rush to revenue, well, then revenue is a is a blocker. It it, it is a why am I going to put you know real money, real ETH into something when I don't know it doesn't have the social proof yet. It doesn't have adoption yet. It's not widely used yet. 
And so when you when you put a, a revenue barrier in, the easiest thing to do is nothing. So people will do nothing. And then that will become a reinforcing then POAP will need to charge more for less, then they'll need to charge more for less. And for me, like I see that as like that's that's the death knell, right? Like that's ringing ringing the bell that it, it may not make it. And so it was in that context that I was reminded of Damon's book. Uh, Damon is an author. Uh, the book is Change and its analysis around um, you know simple changes, how ideas spread versus behavior changes is really the, the, the concept that he goes into quite detail on the book. For a geek like me, I love a book like that. Um, so the idea is that in influencers, where you have a simple idea, a simple concept, then yes, you can go to influencers because they're, the mere exposure effect of getting your word out, getting your message out, getting your tagline out, getting your uh, will spread faster with influencers. But if you want people to actually change their behaviors where there's any risk involved, right? That's where we talk about, like, there's a financial risk involved. I'm putting money up, uh, reputational risk. I'm actually using it, and I'm the, – the people in my sphere – I'm trying to influence them to use it. Whenever there's that kind of a risk, then influencers aren't the ideal path. It's the concept from the Stanford University study on weak ties. It's not the, the strong ties are those in our immediate circle. Think the collective cafe are strong ties. It's the weak ties. It's one orbital out from those that we need to get adoption there before the before it tips before crossing the chasm before any of those happens those kind of behavior changes happen so it's a, the two approaches depending on what you you either need a message to spread an idea to spread or a behavior to spread so the the real question always comes down to how do we then how do we move from the strong to the weak how do we engage the weak exactly exactly and, you know, a lot of the weak tie research is through, um, you know, what we say is like live it, right? Um, you know, do you, do you wear the rainbow shirt, right? Do you use Discord, right? Discord is a great example. Like uh, adoption of Discord, well, Discord itself is kind of useless, it's useful because us in the community are here. This is where we're talking. And we haven't had any conversations about why we're on Discord, right? We just are. And we're here and we're sharing things in the cafe chat and, and you know, we're messaging with each other in there. And so it, it's a, those are the, the that leverage, the weak ties, because when I first was listening to you, it was, oh, well, if you want to come over, we're having this entire conversation on Discord. So it wasn't about like selling Discord. It was selling the concept of that's where the community is having a conversation. Discord just happened to be part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it's one of the reasons. So immediately in terms of, okay, practically, well, first of all, I always say this. But uh, your mission, should you choose to uh, accept it, is to invite Damon Centola on the show. Um, I always love this, which is reach out to Damon and, and, and say that you mentioned his book uh, on the show and see if he wants to, I mean, uh, in, in the Collective Cafe and see if he wants to come in, uh, come, come onto the show and maybe there's a possibility for us to do his book uh, to do a live read of his book. So that's just an aside. Uh, if you choose to accept it, the mission, you know, this I will accept it. This message will self destruct in five seconds. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, it, but it's another reason that, so the, the, here, here are my two takeaways very practically. Number one is prepare a kind of essentially what I would call placeholder dummies guide to Discord. 
right? So just to say, hey, come join us on Discord, I think the implication is it's as simple as one, two, three. One, download the Discord app. Two, register on Discord. Three, click this link. But it's actually a little bit more complicated, right? Because then you've got to, you know, you've actually got to just do a screen share, right? of someone doing it all mm-hmm. for the first time and then saying, well, you know, uh, because I don't even remember how I did it. Um, but probably um, that should be a next step, which is to prepare a little. Uh, I have an intern starting um, in a week. Um, I'll, I'll get him to do it. I'll say, can you provide a, uh, hell, I could probably just ask ChatGPT to, to do it. But but it probably makes right. sense step to say, right, one, two, three. So that that's the first thing. The other thing is, the simulcast approach, uh, which I just completely forgot this morning. Um, but, uh, but you know, try a week of Clubhouse and then maybe a week of Twitter Spaces and then just keep experimenting by letting people listen to the audio with this idea of saying, by the way, we are actually in Discord right now. And so it's a little bit like kind of the, the, the only, you know, kind of uh, gray in the middle is we're, we're like – like, oh, we basically, we're not trying to steal people, right, from Clubhouse. What we're trying to do is just find people that are outside and say, hey, you, would you like to come and spend your 8 to 9 a.m. with us um, occasionally or download the podcast? We're, we're actually creating content for Clubhouse. I don't know. It's, it's questionable for me, right? Is it like, you know, uh, and I'm asking, is it, is it, is it, is it ethical? Is it unethical? To do a simul cost, everyone seems to be doing the simul costs on Twitter Spaces um, or uh, or Clubhouse, but but that would be my two things. One is um, and 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 with the first part is to basically say, listen, what do you, what do you do between eight and nine a.m. in the morning? What do you do? Like if you're busy, then great. But if you're if you're you know looking for content, this is where you should be. If you want to learn, this is where you should be. If you want to um, grow, then this is where you should be. If you are doing something that could involve some kind of a um, multitask, then this is where you should be. So you give people some uh, context and use cases coupled with the education of how. Um, and I think that that's what I have to do. That's a, that's a part of, you know, we're, gonna, we're doing this challenge. The challenge has begun, by the way, which is to you know, get to 20, 30, 40, 50, et cetera. And, and, and uh, I think, I think, um, did I say, uh, you can correct me, uh, everyone here today, but did I say end of the year or did I say, uh, I think I said end of the year maybe, or uh, I think I said end of the year based on who brings in the most number of people into the collective cafe um, will get uh, a membership pass. Um, do you remember what I said, Tim? I don't. Re- I don't remember offhand. I got to find it, but I just got to solidify and codify it. But, but ultimately, it, it. My point is, it's one thing just to say to people, "Hey, um, you know, go and tell people to come in here." But uh, I also need. Uh, I also need to give um, uh, tools. I need to give better tools. So if I'm going to ask people, I guess that's the point. So there are three points, right? One is is the education. It's as easy as one, two, three, two simul casting. But more importantly, is if I'm asking people to help evangelize, I should be giving them the tools uh, to be able to say, this is how, you know, th- these are the steps. And the best way for me to do that is to go back and almost uh, reclaim uh, or re, uh, relive the customer journey. Because it may not be easy. Right. That's the point. We say, oh, it's so easy. Just get onto Discord. Well, you know, for some, that's really easy. And for others, the first time I went into Discord, I had no clue what the hell was going on. I was like, what is going right. on here? And, and that's the advantage of that simulcast, kind of going full circle back to where you started with this, where we are the Tower of Babel, right? We we are all in our different technologies, talking our different languages. And so some people may be in Clubhouse, some people may be in Twitter spaces. Some people may be on YouTube. Some people may be on, on podcasts, uh, you know, on Apple or on Spotify. And so that's really like the front door is really wide for how you can come in. 
And then if you want to go to that, you know, if you want to take the next step, that's where you're like, how do you go from I listen to this on Apple Podcasts to Discord, right? There's a a bridge there. And so the person has to know, okay, well, if I like what's going on in the podcast and I want to be more involved, I, I need to make that step into Discord. Well, I've got my homework to do. Um, let's see if um, let's see if somehow um, I'm going to tell you if if they approved the uh, if they approved the the poet. They probably didn't, so they're discussing me at the moment. And the good thing is, I've got this content now, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, I am going to, um, let's just see, I'm going to go mint and use the secret word toppings. No, not topplings. I'll tell you if it's working. No, it's not working. So they, they're, they're discussing me at the moment. So we'll see what that, what happens. By the way, the challenge of course, is if they come back and say, sorry, we're going to charge you now for everything. Um, to your point, I could just the worst thing I could do is just say, you know what, to hell with to hell with poaps, right? Why online? Why MSN? Why right. poap? Why poap? Dot X Y Z? And now I just like bugger that. You know, here I am trying to grow the category. Here I am trying to evangelize for a different company. I don't have equity in them. I, I'm not being paid for them. There's no. By the way, why is there no? Why is there no? Uh, you know, affiliate or some kind of incentivization program for people using them or referring them or evangelizing them. Um, but anyway, so, so I just get to say, you know, it's a hell right. with that. I'm not going to go to a competitor. And so now there's just one less voice talking about digital ticket stubs. Exactly. And that would be a shame. So, uh, I'm going to wait and see what they do is how they, how they, uh, uh, how they come back. I hope they'll make the right decision. Um, because I, you know, I, I really want them to win, you know, and, and, and like, and I'm happy to pay. I, in fact, I would love to pay when it's big enough. But until it's big enough, to right. your point, it's like... And there, that, that's that's the challenge, right? That's the startup challenge. And it doesn't matter if you're making, you know, razor blades or mouse traps or POAPs, right? The the challenge is always, you know, can, can I get a, a adoption at scale before I run out of revenue? Well, on that note, I'd mute it because my dog was bark- barking. But uh, uh, right at the death, you came up with the name for today's <laughs> razor blades, mouse traps, or poaps. Um, that is the name for today's summary. Well done. It was going to be the Tower of Babel. Um, I have to say, like you know, and I, I know I say this every single day or week, whatever. But like, man, this stuff is valuable. Like, I honestly, I would pay. You know, if I was on the if I was paying for this, I would pay. Like, I would pay. Talk about paying for poaps. Like, I would pay, like, even if it was, like, a buck a day. You know, that's that's actually, like, oh, there's a business opportunity. That's where subscriptions should, should work. That's how it should work. It should be based on, like, can you imagine paying a buck a day? Just one buck. You know, so you come in once a week, um, you pay $4 for the month. Just maybe because that's what Discord should be doing. That's a real, uh, or, or Clubhouse or or Twitter Spaces, the ability to have, like the Twitter subscriptions are so stupid at the moment. It's like, you know, it's like, because it's, it's, it's not, I don't even know, like, okay, let's, we're going to have to hold this over uh, subscriptions uh, for another day. Uh, mm-hmm. ma- maybe what we need to do is actually like, um, like have a have an entire thought leadership day to talk about the future of subscriptions, um, because that would be interesting. Because can you, can you imagine? Imagine, I mean, just imagine, right? Imagine a thousand people in the room paying a dollar. Imagine being able to get a thousand dollars a day, five thousand dollars a week, twenty thousand dollars a month. Um, wow, twenty thousand dollars a month. Um, by by just micro uh, paying through micro payments for a dollar, 
So, Tim, would you pay a dollar for these sessions? Yeah. You better. I would pay a dollar for these sessions. <laughs> you better. I mean, well, I'm so not charging I am, you. I am a, I am a huge fan of the Slack model, the original, the OG Slack model of SaaS pricing, which um, it, were you were you aware of the Slack model? No, when tell me. Slack first came out. Okay, so the Slack SaaS model was very easy. Now, now pick whatever price they chose. I think it was $9 a month. So it's $9 per user per month for their for Slack. But you only pay for active users. So if you have 100 people in your company, then it would be 100 times 9. Yeah, or $10. Yeah, basically $10 a month times 100 that would be the maximum that you would pay for Slack. But if only 50% of your company actually use Slack and you had 30 days of non-login, then you didn't pay for those 50 users. You paid less. And so it was in Slack's best interest to make sure that everything, every feature that they released, every update that they did, drove engagement and people using the platform. It was great for corporate ITs because I had a maximum dollar value that I would spend. But if people didn't use it, unlike every other enterprise tech tool, if you buy a Salesforce license, you're locked into that Salesforce license for three years. If you don't log in for three years, they don't care. You're paying. And so I thought it was fascinating because knowing how anti-Salesforce pricing Slack was when they acquired them, I knew it was only a matter of time until Salesforce changed that pricing model. But it was one of the key drivers to get Slack easily bought in to thousands of companies. So... So uh, interesting monetization. Wow, that's that's a bigger conversation for a for a for another day, but it's a critical one. Uh, yeah. The the why, the when, the how, the how much. Um, I will leave you today before I stop recording. I, I just asked uh, ChatGPT uh, Gibbet uh, just to come up with some mobile app uh, examples of the whole idea of rush to monetization. Um, and the examples were Peach. Vero, Secret, and Path. I remember Path well. Um, so we ended up with a Quibi, Color, Google Glass, Friendster, SAP R3 Software, HP Touchpad, Microsoft's early mobile endeavors, complex CRM systems, Path, Secret, Peach, and Vero. Um, and um, and uh, wow. And, and, uh, and of course, um, this whole conversation about weak ties, razor blades, uh, what was it? Razor blades, mouse traps, or poaps? Um, I will let you know what or happens, or, or all three. Uh, I will let you know what happens uh, in terms of uh, in terms of these, and we discuss the greater good as well. Um, it was all jam packed into one hour, and hopefully, you got your one dollars money <laughs> money worth. Um, I will see you all uh, tomorrow. Uh, have an amazing day. Hope you had a wonderful, wonderful Memorial Day weekend. And uh, talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.